Hello, hello. Uh, so if you're listening to this, I just recently tested positive for COVID. Um, so for the next like two-ish weeks, the next like three, four-ish episodes, I'm going to be pulling from the archives and just sort of resharing some old episodes, some things that I think still have some value, but that you maybe might not have listen to. So with that said, enjoy uh, the next three or so episodes. I should be back to normal uh, in about two weeks. So yeah, enjoy and I'll talk to you soon. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps. Big change. Big change. another episode of Tiny Leaps. My name is, of course, Greg Clunas. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for being here. Because really, without you, there is no show. So again, thank you. Super appreciate your attention. Super appreciate your willingness to listen to this show every time I publish. And so what I want to talk about today is an idea that I've been thinking about more and more recently. And I'm going, I'm going to sort of introduce this idea through the lens of Game of Thrones. But don't worry, for those of you who haven't watched Game of Thrones, you don't really need to. The core idea is still something you can understand. But I think this particular scene that I'm go- or this particular idea rather that I'm going to discuss within Game of Thrones is a perfect example of what I would like to communicate. Um, and fair warning... There is a tiny bit of spoiler here. So if you haven't seen Game of Thrones, I believe this was in season three or season four. So a couple of seasons ago, it happened maybe two years ago. Uh, But if you haven't seen any of it and you plan to watch, just know that this is a tiny bit of a spoiler. But but still watch the show. It doesn't change anything. Okay. so within Game of Thrones, there's a character named Theon Greyjoy. And there's another character named Ramsay Snow. And... Uh, he's later renamed Ramsey Bolton. Anyway, so the dynamic between these two characters is really interesting. And it's one of sort of slave and master. And what I mean by that is Theon gets captured and tortured and uh, gets sort of beaten into submission by Ramsey. And there's a whole background behind it, and I won't get into all of that. But at some point, uh, it comes to light that... Ramsey removed Theon's, um, how can I say, his uh, manhood. Let's let's use that terminology. Um, and while he's doing that and torturing him and, and all of those things, Theon eventually loses his identity. He becomes known as Reek, and, and that's what he's referred to uh, for a few seasons thereafter. Uh, he basically loses who he is and and part of the reason he does that is because Ramsey changes his name and changes his identity and and beats him into submission and eventually Theon gets to this point where essentially in order to survive he has to comply 
And in order to comply, he essentially has to give up a part of who he is. Now, there are a lot of directions that this could go. It's a commentary on a lot of different things that uh, are interesting to talk about, but not for this episode. What I want to talk about here is this whole concept of how we take our circumstances and tie it into our identity, our idea of who we are. You see, Theon lost sight of who he was through this ordeal, through having things removed from him, through having his name changed, all of those things. Uh, he started to take this situation that he was in and fold that into his identity. And he became the character known as Reek. He he lost his original idea as Theon Greyjoy, or his original uh, personality rather as Theon Greyjoy, and became this this new character that was sort of built by Ramsey. And obviously, on a day-to-day basis, we don't deal with those sort of extremes. But we do the same thing. And what I mean is, so often, we tie our our identities into the situations that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. Uh, We tie our ideas of who we are into how in shape we are or how um, much money we make or or what our jobs are or what foods we eat. We define ourselves based on what we do and, and what we experience and the situations that present themselves to us. And this is pretty common. It's something we all do. Uh, I mean, think about it. Uh, the whole idea behind a club, uh, behind even political parties is based on this concept of these things that we believe in, these things that we do, these things that we experience define who we are. But that's not necessarily a good thing in all scenarios because really you are separate from the things that happen to you. You are separate from the things you experience and the things you do. Both the good and the bad don't define you. If you have a lot of success, that doesn't mean that you are a successful person. And if you have a lot of failures, that does not mean that you are a failure. You are you and you experience different things. That's There's a separation there. But just like Theon Greyjoy, we tend to lose our identities in the scenarios that happen to us, in the things that happen to us. If we experience a lot of failures with our ideas or at the gym or we try to write a book and we don't do well or uh, we start and stop with, with our nutrition, whatever it is, we tend to then roll our identities into that and say, well, I'm not the type of person that can go to the gym or I'm not the type of person that can write a book or I'm not the type of person that can do X or Y or Z. And... And that then becomes how we view ourselves, which then becomes who we are. But that's, that doesn't have to be the case because who we are as individuals is separate from those things. There is us, there is our, our identities, our uh, ego, let's say. And then there are the situations that we face, but those situations are temporary and Uh, My girlfriend and I were actually talking about something like this recently because as many of you know, I think I I mentioned this in a previous episode, uh, we're going to be taking a trip to Paris pretty soon. And 
for those of you listening, if there's anybody who listens that lives in Paris or somewhere in France that's relatively close and you'd like to meet up, that would be freaking amazing. So uh, reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at Greg Clunas. I would love to meet anybody that is sort of located in that area. Um, keep in mind, I have no, I've never been to France or Europe in general, so I have no idea where I'm going. So um, ideally you'll be close enough that I can figure it out. Uh, but anyway, this, that's a little side note. Um, my girlfriend and I were talking about this because we are getting ready for our trip and I have some experience with French. I, I took it in high school and college. She has a little bit as well, but we're just sort of brushing up so that we can function while we're there and and sort of, it, it's just a nice thing to do. Um, but we realized that there's a difference in language. And what I mean by that is, uh, so if you were to directly translate the phrase, uh, I am hungry. Uh, so that's, that's the English version. I am hungry. We, we are hunger. But in French, it would be j'ai faim, which is I have hunger. Um, so it's that type of difference. And that's obviously a very basic example, but... Uh, it's it's referring to the situation that you have or the situation that you're facing as something you have that you can let go of rather than the core of who you are. So in, in English, we tend to identify with the situation, whereas in many other languages, and, and French isn't the only one, uh, it's it's a situation you have. It's a thing that you can, that isn't a core part of you, you can leave it. Um and so I, 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 as I was thinking through this, as I was thinking back through Game of Thrones and, and uh, learning the language and all of those things, I just started to realize that this is such a common thing. You know, this, this idea of losing our identities, this idea of tying who we are into the things, both good and bad, that we experience and making that our identity. And it's really something we should all be a little bit more conscious of because I think the danger there is that it's much easier to think of yourself as a failure if you failed a lot and you tie your identity into those failures. Um, and if you start to think of yourself as a failure, then you're not even going to bother trying, which then turns you into a failure. Um, but if you're able to view those failures as something that happened that have nothing to do with who you are, then all of a sudden you aren't a failure. You've just experienced failure. And having experienced failure does not have any effect on what you will be able to accomplish in the future. Uh, so this is more of a, a random episode, I guess. I just wanted to discuss this idea with you. I hope that that you're able to take something away from it. I think the biggest takeaway is just to be more conscious of the language you use and and how you equate the experiences you have with your own self, whether they be successes or failures, um, wins or losses. And if you can just be a little bit more conscious about that, I think it will help you start to distance yourself from the things that happen rather than uh, tying them into who you are. So with that said, 
I've been Greg Clunas. I hope this is something that resonates with you. I would love to hear your thoughts on Twitter at Greg Clunas. And again, if you are listening from Paris or somewhere relatively close to Paris that you're able to get into Paris, um, I'd love to meet up with you. So reach out to me on Twitter and let's make that happen. I've been Greg Clunas. And remember, all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Every day. Every day. I spend